This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, this is Jan and you are listening to episode number 52 of the Langpreneur podcast. Yes guys, episode number 52, that means that we have been doing this uh, this podcast for a year now, exactly one year. Thank you so much for all your support, for all the messages that I've received, for your participation in our programs, the coaching programs, our events well online events this year uh, our masterminds thank you so much for all your support and you know i'm really pleased to see what we have been able to achieve with the podcast in just one year because we really started from scratch a year ago and uh, we are about to become a six-figure business that means you know a business that's that does over a hundred thousand euros in turnover we're almost there we haven't hit that mark yet but i believe will happen over the next few months so thank you very much for all your support now for this episode i wanted to do something special so i thought why not share some of the lessons that i have learned you know building langpreneur and i will tell the lessons in a way you know you might have read or you might have heard this kind of advice before but i'm going to give my own spin to it and also going to tell you you know how i learned all these lessons building Langpreneur and then I will tell it in a way so that you can also apply those tips um, or the advice in your own language business right so hopefully this episode is going to give you some interesting insights and uh, yeah I'm actually also going to give you a look behind the scenes of Langpreneur and I'm going to tell you how the business how the business really works because you might not have an idea about you know what the business is. I'm going to expose the uh, the Langpreneur business model, basically. It took a year to figure out how that worked, but I'm going to share it with you here on the podcast. Now, in the previous episodes, I also said that I was going to make a, sp- a special announcement um, you know, about the future of the podcast. I will do that in a separate episode in a few days from now. Okay? So if you guys are ready, then let's get started. A solo episode today, no guests, just going to be me. I hope you enjoy. So here it is. Tip number one, if you don't have traction, you must change something. You must make a big change. And let me start with a story. I'm going to take you back to the Langpreneur Mastermind in Split, uh, an event that we run last year with uh, eight to ten other um a Langpreneur, so we basically we rented this villa and we 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 hosted this mastermind event right so what it is like like on the monday which is like the first day of the event like all the participants did have 30 minutes a 30 minutes hot seat session that's how we call it so basically 30 minutes where you get the time to share an idea or you know to talk about the challenges that you are facing in your business and then the other the other members the other group members can give their inputs right so by the end of the day everybody was done and we still had some time left and people said you know Jan if you want you can you know we can also have a hot seat session and we would be happy to give some input you know um, for the problems that you know for, for to answer all the questions that you might have or you know if you want to do some brainstorming so I went up there I gave my presentation I talked about language boost which is uh, an online language business that I'm still running a language boost we teach many languages 
We have language courses for over 16 languages. We also have a YouTube channel and a blog. The YouTube channel is not huge, but we have around, I think it's about 32,000 subscribers. So it's not that small either. And the business was doing well. Um, we had all these courses. Courses were really good. Lots of feedback, lots of, tes lots of good testimonials. Conversion was really good. But we were missing, the problem was traffic. All right. I mean, we had this YouTube channel and we got some traffic from that and quite a few people were buying. So that was all good. But we were struggling with growth. We, yes, we were getting more traffic, you know, as we produce more YouTube videos, but it was not taking off. You know, I've never had the feeling that, you know, I had the potential to become a YouTube star or it was just we were trying really hard. And as I said, conversion was good. We were having all these courses, but traffic was something that, you know, we, we hadn't figured out how to do it. So all the other group members were giving me input and we were sharing ideas about how we could get more traffic. And, you know, all of those ideas could have worked. But when they saw the reaction on my face, when everybody came up with these ideas, they didn't see that I was very enthusiastic about what they, you know, what they were <laughs> suggesting. And they were, they were saying like, hey, wait, wait. What was that? What what's that expression on your face? What what does that mean? And you know, I said, man, maybe if we do other things, I said, yeah, maybe we can make it work. But oh man, I am not sure if I have the motivation and if I really want to do that. Yeah. Also, like I spent my twenties traveling the world, right? I visited a hundred and three countries in my twenties, running an online business, learning all these languages, and my life had quite changed. In the last few years, like I settled down, started a family, build a house, or, or bought a piece of land and build a house, all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, when you're traveling all the time, when you're when you're young, it's cool to learn all these languages. But language learning had become, you know, less of a priority for me. Um, I still do like languages, but I'm just not, you know, I wasn't that passionate about language learning or about teaching languages anymore, and. You know, at the same time, I was becoming more and more passionate about, you know, combining languages with, with online business, right? That's also the reason why we organized that event in the first place. And then it was like, we had like two, two ladies in our group. And one of them said, Jan, you know what? You, you've been organizing these masterminds events with Oli and, you know, Language Influencer Summit. Yeah, that's how we call it back then. And people really like the stuff that you guys are doing. Maybe you should do, do more with that. So I left that mastermind event with, uh, yeah, not really hard to put it, a sad feeling. It's not the right word. I was a bit confused when I came back. I was like, shit. What all those guys taught me was really important, but I, you know, I didn't really have the solution. And then a few weeks later, I... You know, I was just thinking about all the things that everybody told me at that event. And I was like, wait, maybe I should just do something with this this language entrepreneur thing, right? Maybe I should just start a podcast and start start reaching out to, you know, all the people in my network, all those langpreneurs, and just start interviewing them and, and build a community around that. So that's, that's what I did. Um, so I basically looked at the skills that I already had, right? So online business, languages. And then I looked at the assets that I already had, which is that, you know, the, the online language business that we already had the reputation amongst, 
other langpreneurs, the experience, you know, organizing the events. I looked at the relationships that I had, the relationships with, you know, fellow langpreneurs, and at where my real passion was. So it wasn't so much language learning anymore, but it was more about online entrepreneurship and languages and a combination of that. So I looked at the skills, the assets, the relationships and my passions, right? And I came to the conclusion that the most logical thing to do next is actually not to, you know, to get more traffic for language boost because yes, it would have made a change, you know, and it could have become a very profitable or, you know, we could have doubled the revenue probably if we were really serious about it. But was it enough? No, I wanted more than that. I wanted, I wanted to build something something bigger something that fit fitted my my skill my skill set better um you know and that's why i came up with the idea to start langpreneur so it was on a saturday morning i sent all your voice messages that man i thought about everything you guys had at a mastermind event but i think i'm gonna put language boost on autopilot and i'm just gonna start building this langpreneur thing and start with a podcast and only said well now maybe we can do something together there. So, yeah, it, it, there was a risk, right? Because, I mean, <laughs> how many language entrepreneurs or online language entrepreneurs do you know? Uh, like at the beginning, I only knew, I don't know, like 10, 20 who were doing well. Um, you know, and I used to go to all these events, right? So if there was anybody who knew this, those people it was it was me and even I didn't know so many people in the industry so there was a risk I was not really sure how it could become a business but I decided to move forward and do it anyway right um, I have to say I, I still have uh, a translation agency which I also had when I started the podcast so and of course language but so I had stable income streams and I still had some time I still had some spare time, right? So it's easier to to start a new project and take a risk when you already have stable income streams, right? So what I did is I announced that I was going to do this podcast and I started taking massive action, right? Like in the first week when I started doing the interviews, at, at the beginning I was doing like three interviews per week. And then I was turning all these interviews into a really detailed blog post, with like images and, and like links to everybody's website and you know it was really well written and so that's what I was doing one I was publishing one article and one podcast episode per week it took me about six hours to do that and I went all in I started taking massive action I started doing things that I'd never done before and that's what I'm trying to tell you in you know for this for this first tip here if you don't have any traction, you must make a big change, right? If you already have signs of tra- signals of traction, it's good. Keep doing what you are doing. And if you want to learn, you know, what some of those signals are, then um, I did a, an interview with Oli about exactly this topic, um, which we will publish in a few weeks from now, I guess. So just listen to that episode. But if you don't have the traction, you must try something else. And it can be something else within your business, but you know, if you're also losing the passion, then maybe you should just maybe the solution is not in your business anymore. Maybe you should just look at again the um, the the skills that you have, your skills, your assets, your relationships, and your passions, and 
and do something with that and you know the solution can be outside of your current project right and that's why i started langpreneur now when i started langpreneur or if you want to take massive action you need the confidence to do that in the first place right you need to have the confidence to say you know what i'm just going to do this i'm going to interview all these all these other people i'm going to start this show i'm not really sure how it's going to be a business but i will you know i, I will figure out a way to to make it work so you need that confidence and the best way to get that confidence is to spend time with all the people who have already built or who have already achieved what you want to achieve one day and i've been doing that for years like we've been Oli and i we have been friends for many years and then on top of that it was in in july in the summer last year i attended a high level mastermind event in los angeles i flew i flew all the way from from Amsterdam, from the Netherlands to Los Angeles, it's like, I don't even know, it's like a 14 or 15 hour flight with layover. I flew to Los Angeles for just one weekend to spend time with people in a room who were much further alive than I, than I was. I spent seven grand on just that one weekend. You know, and people are like, what, you're spending $7,000 on just, you know, one weekend <laughs> and a fly to, and fly to Los Angeles was actually my birthday as well. So I missed my birthday. I was on the airplane, like basically the, <laughs> the entire day um, during my birthday. But yes, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it takes. That's how you get the confidence. Like the, the, the event was run by a guy who made several million per year with an online business, quite similar to what we are doing, but in another niche. So, you know, once you spend time with those guys, you just, you know, go for dinner and you just see the way they, they, they talk, they think, you know, and you just realize that actually they're not that smart, you know. You know, I could do that. And I guess, yeah, that's how I got the confidence to, to do all this stuff. So if you don't get the traction that you des- that you think you deserve, then make a change because you need that traction in order to make it to success. Change and take massive action, and the way to do that is by well having confidence in the first place, but then just get stuff done, right? And that's that's what I've been doing for for one year. Um, so you know, just to give a few examples to make this more practical for you, if you if if your language courses are not selling then then try a different offer right maybe maybe you're selling a pronunciation course maybe people don't want a pronunciation course maybe maybe they want one-on-one lessons with you try something completely different and see if people react um also like if you are a youtuber or an instagrammer or you know if you're trying to build a following and you're not getting any signals of traction try something else try a different style see what's working for others Give it your own spin and try something different. Maybe try another platform. I've done YouTube for so many years and never really took off. Um, like, yes, we do have 30, 32,000 subscribers, but <laughs> I started the channel like, I don't even know, like seven or eight years ago. So try to find out that, that you know, the platform and a publishing schedule, a style that works for you. And if you don't have the traction, you need to try something else. That's also why we started, the, why I started the podcast, right? YouTube wasn't really working. Um, Instagram wasn't working. 
I just wanted to give podcasting a try and here we are one year later okay um, also like if you have if you have traffic and you have and you don't have anything to sell just start selling something uh, I see so many people around me have a huge following and they're not selling anything because they don't you know they they don't think that they that they have the perfect course just you know call it a beta course just put it out there you know at a discounted price and say you you, you can enroll for my course at a, a 50% discount and in exchange I'm going to ask you f- for some feedback you know because that way you can improve your course as you are launching it you can get testimonials and also just gain the confidence yourself that the course is really good you know because yeah that that's uh the only way to confident to to become confident with this kind of stuff is by just doing it listen to the feedback of your clients you know make improvements based on what they say make them happy and once you have more happy customers you will become more confident and then you can move on and create a second course and a third okay so that was the first tip it's also the longest i think the other one will be <laughs> the other ones will be much shorter now the second tip you never know what's gonna work in your business right one year ago i yeah exactly one year ago i was in, in london at the uh, the youpreneur summit hosted by um by chris ducker he's quite a famous personality in the world of online marketing and um like we used to we go to his events every year and um i was i was with i was with ollie we were we wanted to to join a presentation but we were late the presentation had already started so he said you know what let's just sit in the canteen and tell me a bit about this langpreneur plan right so he said what does the one million version of langpreneur look like he said he had drawn that on on a piece of paper and i was like whoa a mi- one million dollar business and he was like yeah man if 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 your idea doesn't have the the, the potential to become a one million dollar business then then yeah well, why not do something else with your time right like you need to think big so you know i i i drew i made a like i i explained everything in a in a draft in my, in my notebook that i always carry with me and i showed him the business model and to be honest i wasn't really sure how we were going to make money with the langpreneur thing right but the main idea was to sell online courses I was like okay you know just like a language business if you have lots of if you have a big mailing list and you have good courses, then you know you have good copywriting and testimonials and all that stuff. People will buy and then you have a business, right? So I thought we were going to make money with selling courses and maybe some affiliate marketing for software. You know, like you can affiliate for software like ConvertKit or Teachable or Kartra or ClickFunnels, you know, that kind of software. The only problem there is that, yes, it's easy to find somebody who wants to learn Spanish. But it's not very easy to find somebody who wants to build an online language business. It's very specific, right? Anyway, I thought I, you know, I, I had the confidence. And I was like, I'm not really sure if this is going to work, but let's just give it a try. Oli wasn't 100% either. But I think we both knew that we we were going to figure out how this, uh, you know, how we, could made it, how we could make this work. So we started, we started Langpreneur with events, right? Um, Langpreneur Mastermind in Tenerife, 2018. Then we did the Mastermind event in uh, in Split, which was last year. At the beginning of last year, we did um, we did the summit. Actually, this was in oh, 
it was in 2018, right? We did the uh, the Langpenus, no, 2018, 2019, sorry, we did the uh, Language Influencer Summit in Berlin, and then earlier this year, we did the uh, we did an online workshop. So we thought, okay, a part of the revenue will come from, from the events. But the thing is that the events are not very profitable, and also they're not very scalable, right? So the events were great for networking, and great to build relationship and get to know other Langpreneurs. It's, it's, I, I really like hosting these events. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's actually, I think it's the number one thing that I like the most about uh, the whole Langpreneur business. But not, you know, we weren't making money with it. Um, so it's not, you know, it wasn't really a sustainable business with just the events. So then we started selling online courses. We did the Langpreneur Business Breakthrough Workshop. We turned that into a course we launched it we made a few sales but again not enough to to build a one million dollar business um you know we tried some affiliate marketing yeah and some people signed up through our links but again it was it was not enough so we had to try different things all the time right um so then i came up with the idea well you know people are asking me about people are asking me for help with building an online language business maybe i should just offer coaching so i just wrote an email I sent out the offer and a few people replied. And I got on a call with them and there we, you know, and there we there we uh, there we went. We made a few sales and uh, we had our first coaching clients. Then more people started applying for coaching. I figured out that there was a group of people who were who was just starting out and they find that, you know, our one-on-one coaching is not cheap. And um you know, especially for people who, who just get started, the inv- investment can be can seem a bit too too large, right? Um, so I thought, well, man, why not offer group coaching at a lower price point? That is also pretty well. So you know, we just tried out lots of different offers: the event, online courses, affiliate marketing, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and we just you know basically tested all the orders and really tried to identify how the business worked. Now, a few months ago, we organized. Uh, an online mastermind event with some of the biggest YouTubers, YouTubers in the language learning space, and the idea there was really just to, you know, to to create some goodwill for our brands, but at the same time also better understand what's going on in, in the minds of these people and you know what ambitions they have, and you know, basically to explore um, if there were ways that we could help those guys. And we found out that. Um, there is tons of things that we can do because lots of these guys are very good at content creation. But when it comes to monetization and business building, you know, building the systems, um, yeah, some of them were struggling with that. So we started offering uh, services to private clients where the idea is that you know they build the brand and the following, and we build the business systems so that they can just focus on what they're best at. And, you know, not having to deal with all the stress of, of managing people and think about conversion, copywriting, uh, you know, the whole ecosystem, basically. And that's what we have experience with, right? So that's what we are good at. That's what we uh, we help those guys with. And um, and that and that really took off because we only, we, well, currently we've only been working for a few people, but um, that's lots of value that we can bring to those guys so that actually turns out to be um to be the 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 activity that we probably like most well as i said i also like the events but they're not that profitable but 
Um, yeah, those are really the tasks or the services that we can provide that we like to do, but you know that's also that are also quite profitable and that we can that we can turn that we can turn into a, a sustainable business, right? So, but it took us one year to figure that out what the business was. Um, so, conclusion: you never know what the business is going to be. Yes, when you get started, it's good to have a plan, but you know the plan is 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 never is never going to work it's just a direction that's the aim of having a plan to have a direction knowing where you go but you have to try different offers you have to try different things in order to find that one thing that's that's eventually going to be the the core of your business right so with langpreneur it's um it's it's brand building or brand management I'm not even sure what the word for this is okay so yeah, so here I hereby exposed the uh, Langpreneur business model. Um, yeah, so hopefully you, uh, hopefully that's yeah, hopefully you like to have that that insight. Maybe there's something you can do with that. Um, step number three: laser focus on what works. Right. If you don't know what works in your business, you need to keep trying new things, as I just said. But once you find that one thing. Which could be, you know, maybe you, you find a cause that people really like. But once you find that thing, once you start selling, once you get positive reaction from people, and once you start making money, once you find, once you find out what the business is, you need to laser focus on those activities that work, right? Only focus on what matters and ignore all the other tasks. Now, just to give you... Um, a, f- a few examples, like uh, a few months ago, like we, Oli and I, we, we created the, uh, like our, our, we did the planning for Langpreneur. Like what is it that we want to achieve in a year from now with Langpreneur, which was a certain amount of revenue per year. And how are we going to get there? How can we reach that? Now, if you know that, you know, the core of your business, you know, Langpreneur, for, you know, the case of Langpreneur, it's the uh, the, the services, Right the private clients. If you know that the way you find those clients is by organizing mastermind events, interviewing people on the podcast, and reach out to people on Instagram, for example. Those are some of the things that have been working for us. If we know that those activities contribute to getting new clients, then that's what we should focus on, right? If we know that out of every 10 or 20 guests that we interview in the podcast, we get one client, then we know that we have to do 20 podcast episodes or that we have to do 100 podcast episodes per year if we want to get five clients, right? Just an example. So trying to identify the tasks that that really, really matter. If you know that out of every 100 leads you get, you can make five sales and that your course costs $200, then, you know, you know that for every 100 euros or for every 100 email addresses, you're going to get 1,000 euros, right? So if you want to make 3,000 euros per month, then you know that you need 3,000 leads, uh, sorry, 300 leads per month. You can just re reverse engineer this right so that's also what we did we set a goal and then we reverse engineered how we could reach that goal based on the numbers that we have but again you can only do that once you know 
what works in your business once you know what course that people really want right um, now so we are we're going to start this this agency right we're now doing everything under the langpreneur name like this brand management thing but eventually we're thinking about starting our own agency so i said i said to all you men okay maybe we should uh, create an agency sorry maybe we should create a website for this agency right and he said no eventually yes we will we will need a website but he said wait only focus on on what works on what we know what works and the most important things and it's not having a website. The number one thing which is going to bring in new clients is relationship building. Is not having this website. Of course, eventually, you know, the the people we work with, our clients, they will talk. You know, and people hear about us. They Google us, and and then we need like a, a place where they can find us and where we very clearly tell people what it is we do and have testimonials. So it would be great to have a website for that eventually, but it's still too early. First, need to actually build a business before. And prove it, prove the concept before spending time and money on a fancy website, right? So only spend time and, and money on the things you know that work. And, you know, once you have money coming in, then you can take some of that money and reinvest it in, I don't know, having a nice, nicely designed website, um, in doing all that fancy stuff, basically. But most of the time, you know, the fancy stuff is what, it's what we like the best. Like I would love to have a beautiful website with testimonial from our clients and you know, I launch it and, and announce it everywhere on social media. It makes me feel very good. It's good for my own ego. But I'm not doing that because I know it doesn't really make any sense. And you know, having strong relationship with, with, with people and actually do, doing our work very well and and having happy clients that's much more po- powerful than having a website that looks really good, you know. So um yeah, I had to fight a bit against my ego there, but I think that Oli was 100% right. Only focus on what works and don't care about your ego and you know what it looks like to the rest of the world. If you have happy customers, if you if we have happy 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 customers, that's what really counts and you know that's the strongest asset that you can have. Okay? Fourth tip, don't find a niche, create one. People often say, hey, Jan, how, how can I find a niche? No, you have to create your own niche. That's what we did with Langpreneur, right? Langpreneurship or online entrepreneurship and and languages and the combination of that. That's what Langpreneur is. And it's a niche that we, <laughs> it wasn't an existing niche. We created this niche ourselves. Again, yes, there is always a risk, right? That there's not enough people in, in, the, uh, in the niche. But, you know, once you, once you do something, once you create your own niche, you will have a small audience, but that audience will be so engaging. I'm really surprised, you know, how much reaction we get. Every time we send out an offer, every time I put out a new podcast episode, I receive messages from people telling me that they really like the show. And, you know, we only have, let me just share some numbers here. We only have like 2,000 podcast downloads per month. That's nothing. I mean, I know podcasts who have like thousands of of listens per day. We only have that. We only have a few hundred listens every single day. Not probably not even that. Um, but you don't need that. You know that that's enough. Like a few thousand is enough to build a six figure business, depending on what problems that you solve, right? And how strong the relationship is with your clients or with your with your with your audience. Um, and it's much easier to build a strong relationship if you are in a very small niche. 
everything becomes easier, really. Also, like getting people on the podcast. I reach out to people that have never heard about me. But they check out our website, it's, you know, and they see who we've had on the show. And they're like, whoa, I'm a, I'm a Langpreneur. I want to be in that show. I want to be part of that, right? If I reached out to those guys and it was just about online marketing or, yeah, there's so many podcasts about online marketing. Why did they want to be on my show? But people go to to the website, it's, you know, they see all those faces, they recognize some of the faces and they're like, hey, wait, I want to be part of this club. And, and then they're happy to, to come on the podcast and share everything they've learned. So everything becomes easier. Gaining an audience, uh, bu- yeah, building an audience, building the relationships, building the trust, getting people on the podcast, selling stuff, everything becomes easier. So I know that we always say that you need to find a niche, but if you're still just teaching French and and that's it, yeah, that's not a niche because there are so many people in the world who are teaching French, trying to make it specific, combine it with another skill set that you have, for example, and make it for a very specific group of people. Okay, that way everything will become much easier. Tip number five. It's not really a tip, but I called it the power of just-in-time learning. I used to read a lot of books, you know, self-development books, books about online marketing online business in general and at a certain stage i was you know reading more and more books and i was like wait i think i already know this stuff but i'm still not you know i'm doing okay but i'm still not i'm still not that successful right so what's what's wrong here so instead of like I stopped reading books like a year ago and instead I spent all my time and just implementing everything I know and everything I know needs to be done in order to get to our goal with Langpreneur, right? And that's when everything changes. I mean, yes, of course, reading books is, is good, but or is a good way to learn and uh, especially as a way to relax. But, you know, and I just like reading books, so you can always just, you know, don't stop reading if you like reading and you you feel like you're getting something from it. But if you want to grow a business, I think it's much more efficient if you actually only focus or only learn the skills that you need to that you need to overcome your next challenge or obstacle, right? So you know, it doesn't make much sense for you probably to to learn about copywriting if you don't even have an audience yet. Unless you're going to run ads or something. But if you want to start an online business, then maybe first figure out how to find a good niche and how to build an audience and how to build a relationship with them if your strategy is audience first. Um, And only when that's working, you can start learning about copywriting. And once you've done that, maybe you can look for software that can help you you to build sales pages and and sales funnels, upsells, downsells, um, you know, they give you really good analytics of what happens with your buyers. Um, but again, there's no need to learn all that stuff, you know, because you will only become overwhelmed and you know, almost be paralyzed and, and not do anything, right? So you want to avoid that. So learn things one step on, on one step at a time and f- only focus on the next challenge. And that's what I do. That's what I do nowadays. Um, yeah, I, I just <laughs> try to spend most of my time just 
getting stuff done like this, like recording this podcast now, right? These are the things that matter. So, yeah, what is my next challenge? And actually, well, my next challenge is probably hiring people, right? If we want to build Langpreneur, we need to start hiring people. So I know that there are lots of good books about, you know, how to build teams and hiring people, but I'm just not reading those books yet because I know that there are other priorities. I know that there are other things that I need to learn first, but that might actually one of the things that, um, yeah, I might, I might study a bit in the, uh, in the, in the near future. So try to, so first of all, you need to have that goal, right? And you need to have a strategy, how you're going to achieve that goal. And then, you know, when you know what tasks that you need to do in order to get to that goal, you can define for yourself which skills that you need in all in order to 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 do those tasks successfully, right? So, and then you can identify the skill and start looking for resources. Um, yeah. So this is a concept, a concept which is called just in time learning, and not just in case learning, right? Not in case. <laughs> so you don't learn just in case you need that skill. No, you you learn that skill because you know you need it right now. Only learn the skills you need to overcome your next challenge. It's gonna, this, yeah, this has definitely been a, a game changer for me. Um, tip number six. Well, it's not again, not really a tip. It's more like a, <laughs> a discovery or a lesson or a conclusion. Building an online business, guys, is not easy. Okay, I interview all these successful lengtheners, and you know, you might think, wow, you know, this guy made a million in just three years time i have to i'm gonna do this as well it's really not that easy some of the guys on this on on the show have worked really hard some of them were really smart some of them maybe were a little bit of lucky some of them just have the x factor and it's something that you cannot you know you can you cannot duplicate um but but <laughs> I also have to say that I do believe that if you follow, you know, if you follow all the the tips and, and tricks and strategies that we're sharing here on the podcast, and on top of that, you're an action taker and you put in the work, I I do believe that everybody can do it, right? It's a bit like me. Like, I really don't feel like I've, oh, I've tried so hard with all kinds of businesses. And I, I don't consider myself as you know, someone who's lucky. I think I'm quite average on most of the things that I do, but it's just by putting in the time and you know studying, doing the research, but putting in the work, putting in the reps. Basically, that's that's how you that's how you get better. And as long as you keep putting in the reps and you focus on the things that are working and a little bit less on the things that are not working, and you listen to your audience, then it's just then eventually you're gonna you're gonna make it. You but you must be patient. I was listening to a podcast recently. Uh, was called the side hustle show and it was a guy on the show and he said building an online business is a little bit like a glacier right so like a glacier grows you know snowflake by snowflake and it doesn't move but after a while the glacier is going to be so big there's going to be so many snowflakes or ice or whatever it is that it starts moving right and that's when that's when the business takes off and as long as you just keep building that glacier, you, as long as you keep building your business, just start you know, creating new content, new products, try different things, eventually it's going to take off. But yeah, for some, 
some people manage to do it in a few months and for others it, uh, it takes years and you know for, for me it took many years in order to see some kind of, su- of success right so also you have to do a lot of work for free sometimes people are surprised how much work you have to do for free if you want to build a youtube channel or just you know any kind of following wow there's so many so many things that you need to do for free so many hours that you have to put in without seeing any any return in the form of money at least so always yes it's okay to work for free but always make sure that you get something in return right so work for free but don't work for nothing and you know something that you you might be looking for or some of the things that you might get in return or you should be aiming for to get in return is like relationships for example i'm doing this i'm recording this podcast episode now Entirely for free, but, you know, I hope <laughs> that in exchange I'm going to gain some of trust and, and, and that I'm building a relationship with you, right? Same for testimonials. Yes, you can even, over oh, length, we did so much, so much stuff for free this year. Like we work for free for one of, for, for, for some of our one-on-one clients, but hopefully, if they're really happy, we get a testimonial in return and, yeah, once you have more testimonials, just everything becomes more easier, right? So uh, another reason to work for free is just by getting insights of your, your customer avatars. I said that like a while ago, we, 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 we ran this online mastermind event for some of the biggest YouTubers in the language learning space, right? Like one of the reasons is we just wanted to, to see what's what's on everybody's minds and and what they are struggling with and what they are thinking and how they are talking and the words that they use. Because once you understand that and you have that trust, you know, that's when you can start offering solutions. That's how you can start generating business, right? So um, if, yeah, if you do work for free, it's all fine. But just make sure that you get either relationships, testimonials, insights or assets in return, right? So like, a hundred videos on your YouTube channel, that's an asset, right? Actually, all these things are an asset. Relationships and testimonials inside are also assets, right? So you must be patient, but keep going and eventually you will get there as long as you 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 see traction, right? And if you don't see traction, you need to keep trying new things for at least at least a year it often takes at least a year to see like some some kind of traction okay we talk i manage that <laughs> i noticed that i've been using this word quite a lot now but again we will talk about more about traction how you can get traction and you know how you know if you get traction uh in a few weeks from now here on the podcast okay so the seventh and the last tip only focus on your superpower and outsource the rest the rest Okay, so focus on only, maybe first of all, what is your superpower? Maybe try to identify that in the first place. So my superpower here at Langpreneur is um, relationship building. It's not just this podcast, it's more like the entire thing of reaching out to people on, on, on Instagram, getting referrals, talking to people on the show, and also afterwards. It's It's really... It's really that. And I love doing this. I love reaching out to new people and learning more about them. And I'm genuinely interested in what it is that they do. 
Um, and I also love recording this podcast. So it's something that I really like. And it's also something that, well, I guess I'm pretty good at, <laughs> at this in this very niche, right? I mean, there's not many other people who, who are doing this. I don't think there's anybody out there who's doing this, right? So um, I'm definitely better than anybody else with this particular thing because nobody else is doing it, right? There's also a way to <laughs> to go about it. So that's my superpower and that's unique and it's also something that is hard to outsource, right? Um, so what is your superpower? Like if you look at, you know, some of the, the things that you've done for your business so far, you know, what is the number one thing that cannot be, cannot really be done by other people that you cannot really outsource? And if you haven't identified your superpower yet, again, Maybe it's still a bit too early, but if you've found it, then the key here is to is, is to build a business, to make sure that there is you know that you have enough revenue to live off, and uh, once you once you have enough revenue, you can actually you know start hiring people and start delegating some of the tasks that can easily be done by other people because there are always people who can do it better. Sometimes they can also do it f- much faster than you can. And on top of that, they can also do it for cheaper. So why keep doing all these things yourself? You know, you should be focusing on the number one thing that that you know on your superpower, and just delegate or get rid of all the rest. Just to give you an example, I've been running a, tra- a translation agency for the last eight years, but now that we've finally seen distraction here at Langpreneur, I decided to go all in on this Langpreneur thing, right? So I'm actually selling my shares for the translation agency, which is bringing in a very stable income every single month. And then, but, you know, but I'm willing to give up on that because I know that, you know, the free time that I'm going to get is the time that I can spend on my, you know, developing my superpower, which is the relationship building thing, right? And that's eventually, you know, that's going to be the game changer for Langpreneur. So, if if we want to make Langpreneur work, that's where my focus should be. And I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, uh, more than a full-time salary and, and many other things, right? So focus on that superpower and outsource the rest or, or just get rid of the rest. Whew. Yeah, I think that was it. So we did something different today, right? I hope you, uh, you guys like that. Let me just repeat the, um, the tips one more time so if you don't have traction change make a big change you never know what's going to work so you have to try out different offers laser focus on the tasks or laser focus on what works in your business do more of what works do less of what doesn't work don't find a niche create one learn just in time not just in case Building an online business is not easy. You have to be patient and focus on your superpower and outsource the rest. Guys, I hope that you like this episode. If you liked it, then please just let me know, okay? Just send me a DM on Instagram, at uh, Langpreneur. I'm always there and uh, I, love talk to, I love talking to you guys. Let me know which one of which of those seven lessons you like the most and you're going to implement in your business okay if you you know from all the things that i talk about i think that that networking and connecting to people who have already achieved what you want to achieve that's probably the the, 
you know, the most important thing. Because once you have those relationships and you start seeing that actually you can do it too, you see the way they think, the way they talk, um, you know, just by having the conversations with these people, I really think that that's the key. That's the key to success. Of course, you need to have that willpower, and you need to put in the action. But I really, that that, that I think that was the biggest change. That has been the biggest change, game changer for me over the last few years. So, if you are interested in in networking with uh, with other successful langpreneurs and you want to join one of our future events, then make sure to go to our website langpreneur.com. And uh, yeah, just sign up for the newsletter, and then we will let you know when um, yeah when we are when we are organizing a new event. Hopefully, next year, um, yeah, after this whole crisis is over, right? Because I'm really looking forward to meeting you guys in person. Thank you very much. That was it for today, and good luck with your language business. Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.